Can you hear us? No, he can't hear us. We can hear you so we can talk about you. There we go. <laughs> there, and then he picks up, right? Guys, I just lost oh. everything again. I lost it. Something's going on. Maybe there's something in your connection? Maybe, uh, maybe. Oh, but, oh, oh, I heard. Yeah, but there's that again. robot thing. So you're like echoed. Hmm. Maybe yeah. just reboot. Give me a second. Is it better? Sound better to you? Uh, it sounded the same to me. Uh, I, I just rebooted and I checked my hardline connections to something plugged and replugged. This is the first time in a year and a half, Chris, that your connection has been weird. Try my external terminals. And he's duplicating again. You, you just dropped out of nothing. <laughs> We're going to have to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to end the whole thing. Okay. Bye. Hey guys, this is Eve. As you can probably tell from that clip, we've had some technical issues over here. Call it Mercury Retrograde, call it the approaching apocalypse, but as Gen Xers, we are MacGyvering the hell out of it. Have no fear. We will have a regular length episode next week, but in the meantime, here is a kick-ass little bonus episode for you, featuring the story of another Gen Xer, my first cousin Jenny, and the upcoming book set in 1991 that she wrote and illustrated. Enjoy! Hey everyone, welcome to Gen X Stories, a podcast about how the so-called lost generation found itself. We are your hosts, Eve, Lori, and Chris. While Courtney is still out, we actually have a special guest hanging out with us today, my cousin Jenny, and you're going to see why in a minute. Jenny has written and illustrated a very personal book about growing up in the 80s and 90s, so you bet your ass we're going to talk about that. All right, on with the show. Hi, guys. Hi, hey. everyone. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Nice to be here. If you want to do the elevator pitch, like, who are you? <laughs> who am I? What am I doing here? I don't know. My name is Jenny Layden, and I'm an artist, and I'm a writer, and I'm a mom to a 14-year-old. My book is called Positive Space, and it's a young adult novel based on my a story about my father who died in 1996 of HIV. And it's told through both present tense narrative, and it's also told through journal entries of the main character, whose name is Danielle. And it takes place in 1991. So throughout the book, she's writing in her journal and you're reading what she's writing while the story is unfolding. It will be out in the fall of 2023. It's been acquired by Blackstone Publishing, so I'm really excited. And I'm going to get started working with the editor really soon. It took me six years to write, and oh it was a long journey, but I am really excited about it. And for me, it was, it was a way to tell us the story about the AIDS epidemic to a current generation of teenagers and young adult readers to really have them understand uh, a little bit more about that history without being trying not to be too didactic, but told through the lens of the daughter of someone. And I think that that's a story that often gets lost about the people who died from AIDS who are often parents. And I've been lucky enough through my lifetime to connect with a lot of people in different sectors of people with gay parents, people who lost their parents to AIDS. There's a group of us called the Recollectors, which has got a great group of writers and people who put together oral history. We as a group are really invested in the world knowing that we exist and that we're part of the story of the HIV AIDS history. So I, I felt really strongly about that. And I have a friend who's a literary agent and he pushed me really hard to write the story. And I thought, I don't know how to write a book. What? <laughs> so he helped me learn and he gave me books to read and taught me this craft. And I was all over it because I always loved to write, but it was in these little journals and it was just for myself mostly. But uh, he really felt like I had it in me. That was really helpful. I mean, I don't know that I would have done it without him. I had to do about three different rewrites and it just was, it was a journey. It's a long 
long ass journey, but I'm really excited. It takes place, like I said, in 91. So it's definitely a sort of Gen X-y book. And mm. every chapter is named for a song mm. that was a song that would have existed except for one R.E.M. song. All of the other songs are songs that would have been around in the zeitgeist in 1991. And then they are songs that either occur in the chapter or are referenced in the, the meaning of the song is referenced in the chapter. So that was a really fun part. It just went crazy. It went down a huge rabbit hole. <laughs> like a mixtape of 35. A mixtape. Right. Yeah. It's and very appropriate. We're going to link to it because Jenny made a Spotify playlist of the songs. Oh, awesome. So Which I need. <laughs> you do, actually. It's a great mix. I, yeah. I listen to it all the time just because they're great songs and they're moving and they're they're eclectic and weird and it's all my favorite music. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Super Thank you. exciting. I was in Philadelphia in July and she's like, I've written a book that's Gen Xy and she gave it to me and I'm like, well, shit. The thing that I like about it is some people did journals and some people did sketchbooks. You combine right. them in this book because you have sketches in there too. Right. So Which you- is how I always kept my, my journals and sketchbooks. They were always part drawing and part writing. And in fact, I, I always had this kind of thing like one day I'm going to make the world understand that there's no difference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, between writing and, and drawing. Yeah, I always felt like writing was a form of drawing. And I didn't understand why nobody else thought that. I completely agree. It's like the, the pen on the paper. Yep. Like, I don't think I'd ever write the same way with a keyboard. I mean, I wrote my book with a keyboard, but I would sit and write like in that emotive way, right? It's got something. It's more visceral. You know, Mm -hmm. it's actually pen to paper, particularly, I don't know if you wrote in in books that are, were lined or not lined, but an unlined book just allows you to go anywhere on the page. Online, always online. You can just start to start little blips here and blurps there. And then you just go over to the left and draw something. And each one of those things are just little parts that, that inspire a narrative or not. Maybe it's just about the process. At least for me, it's like that's as much of importance as the process as as it is that thing that's done that you hang on the wall or maybe you never hang it on the wall. Who cares? I think that's wonderful. It's a kind of remarkable, like to go back and read them and try to remember what instigated this drama. (laughs) It was all drama. Horrible thing happened that made me want to write heart wrenching bullshit about whatever guy. And I'll read one. Who was I even talking about? Oh, we'll read one right now. Oh, God. Okay. Please. I'm begging you. Let me just preface this with, I love this stuff. Like I do adore it. So I don't, want to disparage my no. writing. It's this is actually when I was 25. I don't know what I'm even writing about. I don't know. Well, okay. I actually could tell you a little bit. The background of this was, this was the year before my dad died. So he mm-hmm. might've been getting sick at this time. I went back to try to find all of my journals around the time my dad got sick when I was preparing for the book. And I found one that was 1991, right after my father told me he was HIV positive. And so I was like, Oh God, this is going to be great. This is going to have the stuff I need. This is going to have some good ingredients. I read the fucking thing. It was a journal like this. So many pages. Not one word about my father. It was all about boys and love and art. That's all. That's all it was. I was like, oh, well, that's informative. You know, here's my dad has this dreaded, horrible disease. And I'm just writing about boys. Boys. I'll read a little bit. Okay. There's a pain which comes to visit. There's a moment when all my sense is lost. 
and the air is so dark. The air smells sad and lonely. There's a longing somewhere far away that is sublime, round, and soft, and I'm so tired of it. But there's only to wait and to keep trying to find more, to feel what I imagine, to pick it up and twirl it around in my hand, only to wait for the right one to twirl it. Wow. Wow. Okay. I've known you literally my entire fucking life. I never knew you wrote like that. I like to write to have like this very intimate moment with myself. And then if it's something that I feel I like a lot and I have an impetus, then maybe I'll share it with a couple of people. Right. Or then I spent six years writing a book. <laughs> <laughs> write a book. Maybe I'll do that. I think everybody has the impression that I can write a book. And you know what? Probably everybody can. But the actual process of doing, I mean, people mm-hmm. I think are under the mis expectation that like, what, it'd take me like six weeks to write one? No. <laughs> it doesn't work hard. You know what the hardest part for me was because I I have a visual art background and with a painting, whether it's simple or intricate, you see the whole thing all at once and there it is. You can sit and stare at it for an hour and you can figure out like, oh, this part needs to be darker or that green needs to be more blue or whatever. Mm -hmm. But with a book, you can't have that moment. You're literally reading one word at a time. Mm -hmm. I I covered the wall with like all these, it looked like a serial killer wall. (laughs) (laughs) Still could be. And the structure and it's so complicated. You hear people talk about how hard it is to write a book and it's just until you've done, it's just unbelievably um, complicated. And then you have to read it over and over and over again. And I'm a really, really slow reader. So it it just took, would take me forever to get through like one pass through. And then I had to rewrite so many things, but it's, it's also unlike a painting, you could write a whole chapter and then just yank it out and trash Mm -hmm. it or rework some parts of it and put it back in. And so it has a very different kind of form and texture than a a painting or or a drawing. It's just really complex. Remember my agent saying to me that he was so pleased that I was open to learning all this structure. And I was like, please bring me structure. (laughs) I said, do people not want to know that? And he said, some people are just like, well, I'm a writer. I know what I'm doing. I don't need a book to tell me how to do it. And I was like, I need all the books. That's right. (laughs) Tell me what to do. It took me years to just figure out what is the skeleton of this book. And then I can kind of start to hang my, my pieces on there and get into the stuff that I really love to do. I'm curious because I don't even know this answer. When did you decide to start using the journal as the pieces to build that skeleton? I think all along I wanted to have those in there. I think I I felt like that would be a really interesting kind of thread throughout it and allow me to use that kind of voice that I've always loved to write in. Then I thought it would be neat to have her be an artist who has a certain kind of way she thinks being an artist is. And, and she thinks that means being alone in a room all the time and, and making all this work. And over the course of the story, she begins to have a kind of political awakening around HIV and AIDS and the government and the culture she lives in and the homophobia that she's already experienced with a gay father and realizes that the kind of artist she wants to be is the kind of artist that's going to be in the world. Like her writing or you see a drawing giving like a 
a, a way into that intimate space with herself, I thought would be an interesting thread. And then I wanted to create a way for that to also function in the plot of the book. And I'm not going to give away how it does, but it does. I figured it out. She figured it out. <laughs> Thank you, Jenny, for joining us. Subscribe to Genic Stories on your favorite podcast app. Write us a kick-ass review. Follow us on Instagram at Genic Stories or join our ever-growing Facebook group. We all have a Genic story. What's yours? <laughs>